0: This, amazingly, is BiblioVile, the worst book exchange podcast season two, where a wife and her husband get each other the worst
1: books they can find. For this episode of BiblioVile, I read Robin D. Owens's Heart Secret and Mick read Warrior Fey Trapped by K.F. Breen.
0: Welcome to BiblioVile. We are back,
1: baby. And we back, and we back, and we back.
0: We are indeed back. It has been, as the band Stained would say, a while since we have recorded a BiblioVile podcast. It has been since I looked this up just today, March. Oof. Yeah, that's you wanna, a lot of months. You want to know why we have to record a BiblioVile? It's been a rough one.
1: It's been a rough one. It's been a rough one since I last recorded. So many things have happened in, in the, last, the last three weeks. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. When you think about it. Yeah. A
1: lot. A lot. <sighs> Should we write it down? So Mick got the flu, which turned into pneumonia. Oh, let's go back before then. Oh, Um. I got a flat tire. Let's go back before then. This is
0: end of September, it's human out, Mick goes to close a window, it fucking shatters. Yeah,
1: and then I got a flat tire. Then he got a flat tire. And then Mick had the flu, which turned into pneumonia. The flu turned into pneumonia. Then
0: Mick wakes up very sick to find that his dog has, well, no, wait... No,
1: We then, a step. then we spend four hours in the emergency room. Not for the pneumonia. Sue broke her, thought she broke her ankle. Turns out it's just a bad sprain, but with both of us convalescing, the dog didn't get a lot of attention.
0: Uh, I will say that this sprain has taken longer to heal than a broken ankle would have. Yeah, probably.
1: So we got the dog a emergency bone. Emergency room. Emergency did room. room.
0: Did we say emergency room? I did say emergency All room. Right.
1: So we felt bad for the dog, so we got him a bone.
0: Yeah, so Finn had a bone while we are watching... Marvel movie number 27. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 does not hold up. Nah. Uh, Eating a butcher bone like he has a thousand times before. Next morning, sick Mick wakes up to have found that Finn has putes all over the floor. Gross. Picks it up. Sends the dog out. Dog continues to be
1: sick. Turns out. Dog has a blockage in his stomach and needs major surgery. So that was the most traumatic thing that has potentially ever happened. It was Ooh. very, very awful. Uh, no, but, you know, bad for us. <laughs> bad not for fun. us.
0: Um, Goodbye, Finn, we say, leaving him at the animal hospital mm,
1: as we walk away. Sobbing. Um, turns out he is healing well and Perfect doing boy. great. He's Perfect boy. He's the best boy. Best boy. Uh, then I got bronchitis.
0: Yeah, so Mick gets better, Sue gets worse. And
1: missed an entire week of work. Uh, in the span of eight weeks, seven people quit in my office, so that's also a little stressful. Layering
0: on the... Hey, there's the perfect boy right now. Hi, buddy! Um, Layering on the amount of pressure that a person feels. Great. Layering, Especially
1: when that person is about to miss an entire week of work.
0: Yeah, and did we <coughs> mention that it's night outside all the time?
1: All the time. So we drink. And we read bad
0: books. Well, except when we're sick. I went... I know this sounds sad when you have to, like, quantify it. But I went 15 days without drinking a beer. It's a long time. That's a long time because I was so sick. So we were like, what do people do for fun? And we forgot. And then we asked ourselves instead, what do we do for fun? And it's this stupid fucking thing where we check out terrible books and we read them. So that's what we did again. And so we checked out a book from the library in Surprise. And Sue bought me a Kindle book. Mm-hmm. And so now we're going to give you guys a bibliophile for the first time in six months. Because holy shit, we need... We. I don't even we. give a shit about you. Yeah, we need this. We need this. This one's for us, Charles. Yeah, Matt, get your, over yourself. This one is for the Dickens. Our one listener in Germany, Velkommen, I love you so much. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> the one phrase that Susan knows. I don't know how in the hell you know about this, but, you know, herzlich und Velkommen, like, uh liebe You know, it's great. It's great. Anyway.
1: So I hope that this triumphant return to Bibliobio is... Oh, as exciting for you as it was for me, I um, I was pretty down in the dumps. I was very sick and very sad. And Mick was going to go run some errands. And right before he left, I was like, Mick, I'm not doing very good. And he said, I know, bud. And a half an hour later, he came back and he said, I got something that I think might help. And he handed me heart Secret by robin d owens and he was right i thought i helped i thought i needed to induce vomiting but i guess this (laughs) worked instead um mick before we get into this book i need you to channel your creativity here Mm. we need to coin a phrase okay so you know how um nouns like macbook right it's all one word but there's A capital letter in the middle. The M and the B are both capitals. As if it is Scottish or Gaelic
0: for a son of book.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So, what do we call that? Where it's two words that are mushed together, so it's one word, but there's a capital letter in the middle. We need a word for that. It's very important in this book.
0: My first instinct, and I don't know that it's right, but improv says to go with it, is sharp-manteau.
1: A (laughs) sharp-manteau? Yes.
0: Which is funny because Chart is in itself a portmanteau. It is. Okay. Now
1: um uh, <clears throat> Portman Blows.
0: A Portman Blow? Portman Blow. A Portman
1: Blow. Okay, yeah, I can worth go the wait. I can go with that. So I the can reason go with that. the reason that we needed to come up with a name for the Portman Blow is because there are a lot of them in Robin D. Owens's Heart Secret. Um this heart book
0: isn't in itself a Poor Man Blow is not
1: It is not What but phrases like heartmate mm. balm heal Ooh, bomb? balm balm heal um balm residence
0: Boy okay hold on is that where
1: I keep my salves that- I, It's a it's a house of healing essentially Oh, geez. Um second level Healing hall.
0: I'm sorry. Hold on. Second level. Yeah. A phrase that would be acceptable
1: as two words.
0: Nay, Portmanteau. Yeah, is now a Portmanteau. Sorry, the listener from Germany that we're talking in not actual English.
1: Also, sept hours, heart. As in when
0: a priest opens his nunnery, sept hours.
1: It's their unit of time.
0: Seven hours at a time, I assume.
1: I think it's that an hour is seventy minutes. What? Why? Because they're in space. Yes. So it's what? different. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was going to say, yes, I know, but no, I didn't. So. Why 10 minutes more? Porque. Because, it's not even like a lunar month, a solar day. Because I get. they're
1: in space, Meg. Everything is different when you're in space. By 10 minutes? So they're <laughs> By one in dru- Druida, Druida. Druida City.
0: She doesn't look Jewish
1: Uh oh, goodness! Come on,
0: that's baseball. <laughs> I know.
1: So apparently, Druidia. there was a group of psychic scientists that left the Earth and established this colony in is, Druida City.
0: Is psychic and scientists somehow a portmanteau? No. Scientists. P S Y.
1: Well, they refer to their powers as psi. Psi. And not science. No, just sci. I know Fuck it's a real, a, it's a real bro. missed opportunity. We don't even
0: know the characters'
1: names yet. Um, I just had to actually think really hard to remind myself what the characters' names were. So actually, oh, charity. The That's... world building in this is pretty good because this whole series is in a genre which is my new favorite genre. I did not know that it existed, but it is now my new favorite bibliophile thing futuristic romance oh. and so the author has written i think like 10 or 12 different books in this universe um they all have similar names so this one is called heart secret other titles include heartmate yes. heart thief yes. heart duel uh, heart choice I w- heart quest I say, heart dance I- heart fate okay heart change I see. heart journey I'm gonna, heart search i have to
0: say that I saw the first two along with this one in the Iowa City Library. I went to go pick up our book club book. We belong to a real book club because we thought, and it's it's still true, that we should be adult and read good books and talk about them with other adults and eat uh while we pretend to be adult and drink red wine. Um, so we belong to a book club and I want to go get the book club book which is Drew McGarry's The Hike which we own but have lost (coughs) Uh, and that is why I found this person's Robert D. Owens or Robin D. Owens's because it was on the as I'm looking at the M's Mm -hmm. I turned around and there's the O's Uh, and I have to say that the heart series apparently uh, was right there for the taking and I picked heart secret because the man on the cover has armor only on his back and it has spikes on the shoulders.
1: Do you want to know something really great about that? Never comes up in the book. No sword. No armor. It's like a... He's a very gentle character. It's like a very... It's a pretty gentle book. There's no, like, fighting. What? What? So... What? If this... Our main character is okay. named Garrett Primrose. And Garrett is this survived. A PBI,
0: is this a PBS masterpiece drama, Garrett <laughs>
1: Primrose? I think you're um, confusing that with the other book series that I'm reading right now with Ross Poldark.
0: Pros Roldark.
1: So Garrett Primrose previously survived an epidemic where everyone else died. Everyone else in their town died except for him. He was the only one that survived. And... Um, a new patient has been inflicted with this same disease. And so they're going to do a study on Garrett to try to figure out how he survived so that they can try to find a cure for the disease. And so he goes in for this, like, medical testing under the observation of a woman named Artemisia Panax.
0: Ooh, there's name. a lot of
1: Panax in that name. There is a lot of Panax in that name. Um, Artemisia a is a first letter, Portman healer first letter second level second level
0: okay because you said first letter
1: oh i meant to say first level but it actually that was wrong it's second level second level a second level healer um and so she has been sort of tasked with keeping tabs on garrett throughout this experiment the twist is that garrett and artemisia are heartmates Which means, like, think the good place soulmates. Like, you're destined for each other. You are each other's perfect match. Even inside the fiction of the show? But. But. Garrett knows that Artemisia is his heartmate, but Artemisia does not know that they are heartmates. And so Mm. there's all this tension here. And do you remember, Mick, a little book called Midnight Sins?
0: Which one? There were two.
1: The the Laura Lee version. The good one.
0: And by that I mean the the worst worst one ever. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: one of the things that we all sort of fixated on with Midnight Sins was that the author had created this incredibly complex backstory that didn't need to exist. The whole point of that book was are these two people gonna bone? And the answer was yes, every other chapter for for thirty pages at a time. Exactly. And so this whole needlessly complicated
0: Crawford Hughes yeah totally
1: messed up (laughs) um like all of these complicated names grandparents that were or weren't dead murders and sister murders and all of these things and diaries pirates pirate treasure oh shit I forgot about the pirates just didn't need to exist this book I was afraid it was going to be in the same thing where the author got way too complicated with the backstory. Mm. But actually, oh. she did a really nice job of just like letting this actually really well-developed universe just have some nice touches. Mm. And it just sort of exists. And then you get to know these characters and you actually like them. She does a pretty good job of like building a romantic tension oh. between the characters. And then
0: they this, I'm gonna have pop- sex
1: at the very end. At the very end, mm-hmm. and does he say you can be my
0: rock star anytime or whatever that guy said? Oh no,
1: it is not as cheesy as made for a rock star. Okay, um, but Call they back. do they do something this at the end called two, heart bonding. Portman Blum I assumed um, yes. So heart bonding is when two heartmates have sexual intercourse, and they. It's not really Marriage. clear if this is like mentally or physically but somehow i hope it's
0: not physically there, there's a
1: there's a heart bond like a, a gold heart that appears and one of them reaches out and grabs it and gives it to the other one
0: that's that's final fantasy what's zelda when you achieve something sure that one um What is the background plot to the do it? Like, okay, the main plot is the romance and Midnight Sins went too far, but Mm -hmm. you need something.
1: Yeah. So the initial main part of the plot is that, they are locked together in this house during the course of the experience. And they were
0: ghosts the whole time. <laughs> they were
1: not ghosts the whole time. This Aww. is a callback episode. I know
0: it's supposed to be um, new and fresh, and it's not. So
1: there, like, she is observing him while he is going through this the shower. illness. Oh. The illness makes him relive his past. Experience of going through it when everybody else died. It's very sad. It's very traumatic. He lost the woman that he loved, but um, wasn't
0: his heartmate.
1: Who wasn't his heartmate. He is trying to keep her from finding out, but he like doesn't want her to know because he's sworn that he's never gonna love anyone. Then they find a murdered body. What? Then there's like a murder plot that they have to solve. Yeah, and it turns out it was someone who had previously framed her family, and so her parents had to go into hiding.
0: It wasn't God uh, was this character that did it introduced before the solving scene
1: yes, thank God yes, it was one of the guards that was helping them investigate the case was actually the killer okay but the the Robin dead body D.
0: Owens, I owe you my life. The
1: dead body was a black magic cultist who had previously framed her family and forced her parents to go into hiding
0: okay, so it's like okay so it's like do we even want to solve this murder
1: yeah yeah and they actually dealt with that pretty well nice um here's some things that i liked about it so there's this you are not a disney channel kid of course
0: not i refuse to buy Mm -hmm. disney plus despite wanting to see the mandalorian for pure hatred over antitrust violations
1: So there was a Disney Channel original movie in the late '90s or early 2000s called Smart House.
0: In the middle of the street. No, that's our house. Um,
1: Smart House was.
0: I assume some sort of computer house that cleaned itself.
1: Cleaned itself and could like do all sorts of impressive things. There was one scene where like how I know this the tweenage girl. There was like a whole music video that was making up one entire wall. Oh, do you
0: want to know how I know this? There was a Simpsons. Context tr- clues. There was a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror about it, mm. and I assume it's also sort of a fictional like a uh, archetype, not an trope. No, archi- trope yeah, yeah, about smart house is kind of like its own niche.
1: Oops. Anyway, smart house in the middle of the street. So this book also uses that concept of smart houses. Um, they call them sentient residences, oh, and Jesus. so yeah,
0: thesaurus galore. Yeah. So
1: sentient residences only the like super wealthiest people have a sentient residence um but the artemisia and garrett when they're doing this experiment they <laughs> oh, are in a sentient house and so the sentient house is like helping artemisia keep tabs on garrett um and i i actually really like the way that they did it because like the houses have personalities
0: like uh hitchhikers Guide to the galaxy
1: like yeah kind of yeah oh. and so like the house that they're in is called turquoise house and Turquoise House really wants to have, like, a family live in it. Um, and so it's, like, really excited to have them there. And it's, like, practicing what it's going to be like when it has a family. And it's really cute.
0: I keep wanting to make a joke about this. Like, Turquoise House seems like it should be something. But also, hell
1: yes, mm-hmm.
0: Turquoise House. You do you. It's
1: really cute. Like, he's, he's like, basically using it's, them as practice. it. not gender this house. It um, is basically, like, practicing on them. Like, what is it going to be like when it has a family? And Artemisia, so her parents are in hiding. (laughs) They're healers. And so they live in this place called Balm Residence, which is basically, like, a sanctuary. People can only find it if they're desperate. Like, if they're in need. Oh,
0: a regular old... Order of the Phoenix thing from Harry Potter. Sort of. Room of necessity.
1: It's sort of like a room of requirement, yeah. Room of requirement. Um, but it's like if you are in danger, if you have been hurt, if you have been injured. And so they are like the healers and this house is also a healer. And like the house, ha- so her family lives in this house and the house has favorites. Like she's the house's favorite.
0: Mm. Um, it like
1: loves her more than it loves anyone else in her family. Like it loves the whole family, but she's its, its favorite one. Oh yeah. And it's like kind of a crotchety grandpa-ish a little bit um, in its personality. It's it's fun. I like the, this Good. idea of like houses, the like house the, as a
0: character. The toast comes out buttered. Yeah. Buttered. Buttered.
1: <laughs> How are you doing, bud? Whoo! Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I am buttered. You are buttered. Um and toasted. Woo! It's Thursday, bitches. Yeah. Let's go to school tomorrow. Um So yeah, I like that. Another thing that I really like is they super lean into this concept of familiars, like animal familiars. Oh, like uh, daemons. Yeah, yeah. Matt Damon. Yes, like Matt Damon's. And so <laughs> um, people have, like, people's, they call it flair. They're, like,
0: sort of, of magic flare.
1: powers-ish. Yeah. And Garrett, his flair is that he can, like, he can basically talk to any animal. And so... He's a druid. He's got this, like crew of feral cats that like are his informants because he's a private detective and so they like give him information a lot and he feeds them in exchange for information but he's like I feel like a lot of times the 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 male character in these types of books is supposed to be like damaged, brooding and dangerous and this guy's just kind of a softy who really likes cats
0: no kidding it's fun I feel like you buried the lead in the fact that, number one, he's a private detective. Uh-huh. And number two, he's got a bunch of cats following him He's got around. a bunch
1: of cats. Artemisia winds up with a familiar. Um, her familiar is a raccoon. Wow. A little, little bandit. We we went vermin on these familiars. Yeah.
0: Usually yeah. they're more like a eagle or... No,
1: his is a little tiny kitten. Kitten. Just a little guy. Just a little guy. Just a little tiny guy. And then hers is a a, a raccoon. A little trash panda. A little trash panda with a, a little, robber's ti- mask. Little tiny bandit face with fingers. Um, one thing that I did not like about this book is that they take some words that could just be words and change them into <laughs> other words, like calling a shower a waterfall oh, and no. calling chicken soup clucker soup oh. and calling <laughs> calling rabbits house fluffs. S-
0: Susan, I have terrible. Oh, you want me to get down on this, Finn? I have terrible news. Guess what we are going to call chicken soup for the rest of our lives. Not clucker soup. No, nope, that's what it is. Uh, we don't have kids yet, and, but that's what they'll grow up saying chicken soup, soup is. Clucker soup. Clucker
1: soup. Um, one other thing that I thought was just the a very broth. weird and out of place was that at one point... Um, Artemisia and Garrett go to couples counseling with a priest who is, f- one, of oh. who is one of Artemisia's ex-boyfriends. Gross. <laughs> I was going to say good for them because it's like, at a certain point, every
0: relationship can benefit from certain, uh, from couples counseling. Like, you and I are doing fantastic. But it's like, I'm sure that if it was offered for free, we would do yeah, it and get, sure. like, benefit from it. Yeah. And then you mentioned priest and it went down a level. And then you mentioned ex-boyfriend. Priest who is ex-boyfriend. And boyfriend. then it crashed into the floor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, there were
0: your faith is your own, and it's very important.
1: It's just like a quirky, little, weird book, but I liked it. Mm. It was very strange, for sure. Yeah. Well. But if I was ever gonna get into, like, get into romance novels, I think I would get into futuristic romance.
0: I have to tell you, do you know what three words made me more interested in this book than any other three words? What was that? Never before published oh no i was so excited it says to see
1: never that. before published on the cover and i so i i kind of want to do some digging because i think if you look at her list of books this is the last one they all have i think part. this is published out of order so i think this is like all in the same universe but i think in terms of chronology this fits somewhere in the middle mm. so it's like a missing piece of the story so like lifelong heart mate. Fans were like clamoring finally for this story about hard secrets, Artemisia and
0: Garrett. I cannot get over Artemisia and Garrett. Yeah, it is the the binary of names. That is
1: some Yasmin Galenorn ass shit. Right yeah, there. it's
0: like Yasmin and Derek. Mm-hmm. It's well, in which Yasmin
1: Galenorn did. No in, shit.
0: What was the guy's name? That was like the. Uh, it
1: was Derek. It was Derek. Yes. He had to shift
0: to Jimmy John. And
1: Chase. Derek and Chase are like the two white bread names in her... I liked it. It was a, it was a good... It was a good return to BiblioVile because oh. it was very pure. Like, yeah. there was nothing icky oh, good. in it. Like, there was no, like, oh, that's like... There was no... No one was controlling. No one was manipulative. Um, like, they had some spats where, like, both of the main characters were kind of dicks Rom-com. to each other. They were just, like, like, he was a dick and she was kind of a dick also. Like, they, they were imperfect people without it being, like, gross. Nice.
0: That's yeah. good.
1: it was just nice. It was kind of a nice book, which is not what you expect looking at the cover. But the cover has nothing to do with the book.
0: Good. There is there a gate?
1: And there's talking houses.
0: Talking houses in the middle. Turquoise
1: house, my favorite one.
0: Isn't that the new Japanese reality show where a bunch of people just like live together and
1: that's it? <gasps> that's Terrace House. Oh, um,
0: so you're you're telling me. That it was nice and good, and it was it yeah.
1: was wonderful. Okay. How was um, Warrior Fae Trapped?
0: Warrior Fae Trapped was the bibliophile book, and I know we've said that before.
1: It's It does not get more bibliovile than Otherworld. I'm sorry.
0: Well, that's because we've based our hashtag brand on that's Otherworld. True. Okay. And this one is a pretty under, or Otherworld Listen, I was home for a while before you got home. Um, this book is so fun and also kind of bad. And so it really hit sweet spot because it, it did the same exact thing of nailing the tropes and hitting... The valleys, it did hit some valleys, but it hit the valleys in the way that were BiblioVile. It didn't, like, I never, ever, ever wanted to, like, I'm out. That's good, and also surprising. Okay.
1: No, 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 not not for you, but for (laughs) BiblioVile books. Also kind of for you, but for BiblioVile books, that's a little surprising.
0: It's, like, warrior, check.
1: Fae, check,
0: draft, check. This is part of a, a series, I am pretty sure. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't do any research. This is Bibliophile, and so we're back, baby. I think it, it I, I have to believe it is. So
1: I have to tell you, this popped up. This actually, several weeks ago, I was reading my Kindle, and when my Kindle like times out the like hold screen, will give advertisements for books. And this popped up as an advertisement on my Kindle, probably because of the amount of other world books that I've purchased on my Amazon account. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. I sent Mick up, I like took a picture of it and texted it to Mick and was like, if we ever get back to BiblioVile, you're reading this. And then when he brought me mine, I was like, okay, well, got to go find that picture and buy that book.
0: I looked in the library card catalog. I searched through several weeks of DChat messages to see if the Iowa City Library would have this book. They did not fucking obviously. But this book is the Biblio vilest and not in that it is vile, in that it is the most Biblio it, it is Biblio? Yes. If you had to guess, there's a love, there's not really a love triangle, there's an advertised love triangle. Okay. There's a human woman in the middle. Yes. And if you had to guess as to the two other sides of the male love triangle, they are not human. Surprise, surprise.
1: A dragon?
0: No, good An guess. An elf? Uh, no, good guess.
1: Um, a, a dryad. Come
0: on. You know this. It's not a human. A leprechaun. It's not human. A demon.
1: Come on. Oh my goodness. I've guessed all the good ones. It's not
0: 100% human. It's 50% a human. A shifter? A shifter is okay. on one side. And one used to be a human.
1: A vampire. A
0: vampire. Um,
1: okay, I'm sorry. You're yeah. right. I, I expect better of me, too.
0: <laughs> so, a vampire on one side, the in the story, never even considered side, but on the back of the jacket, considered, uh, and a shifter romantic triangle urban fantasy. Yeah. Naturally, This is real bibliofile. This one takes place in LA, (coughs) but you would not ever think it because no LA ever happens. Everything is in the sticks. And there's a college that has like a campus and stuff. And I've never been to UCLA, but I can't expect that UCLA has like a campus. I much more expect, you know, Iowa style. It's a college building in the middle of a town. Um... I just want to play a short game with you okay. before I explain the plot called Hear Some Quotes. Oh no. And this is the way I explain that this book is so bibliovile because the book is just in bits and pieces can just be proven to be bibliovile. Each of these is a quote. Night air filled with sex and heels and daggers.
1: Heels?
0: Heels, as in, like, heel high heels. Okay. With hips and breasts flying. Oh! A backyard to practice martial arts in, which she'd always been strangely great at. That's a parenthetical, which is one of the best parentheticals I've ever seen. Vlad was a cunning, ruthless elder vampire who thought nothing of breaking magical law in the brink, what magical people called the human world. Oh, no. Perfect. <laughs> like, just imagine an, Itali- no. an Italian man kissing his fingers. Mwah! Choice. The vampire's name is Vlad. Vlad. Come on. There's another vampire. and There's many other vampires, but there's another like prime elder vampire. His name's not Vlad. Their name is not Vlad, which means that Vlad's name was picked to be Vlad. Yeah. It was not like, well, it's got to be Vlad. <coughs> it was like, you picked it. All right, moving on. If her eyes could have literally shot knives, which is also mildly rhyming, which I appreciate... If her eyes could have literally shot knives, he would have had to change to his wolf form to heal from the wounds.
1: So, here's the thing about metaphor, is that you don't have to use the word literally because it's implied that it's not literal because it's a metaphor. Despite the (laughs) short-lived
0: truce between the shifters and the vampires... Formed for a collective storming of the mages guild compound.
1: Oh. Dot dot
0: dot. I'm not going to continue the rest of it because that's enough on its own. The uh oh, I'm sorry. The newcomer arrived, and holy crap, she was freaking gorgeous. And I have to say that that does not seem the most bibliophile,
1: but it like when you read it, it is. It is holy crap,
0: freaking gorgeous. Yeah. We'll come back to it. Okay. I'm going to put it that way. We'll come back to it. Okay. Because I have plans. Okay. Now we move to the Kindle highlights, which should be a little bit longer, so I apologize because I'm also kind of slurry. Much like a winter remix. Quote, we're known as shapeshifters. We have magic that allows us to change into an animal form. Roger continued. We use our animal farm and the inherent magical properties therein to police the human world from magical species like vampires, for example, or corrupt mages.
1: Of course. Those corrupt mages. Hey, Mick, I have a very important question. Is there a council?
0: There is not as far as I have seen a dedicated council. (sighs) There is a master race. Oh. The thing is that we never see the master race. Because the master race is elves, and they never show up. Because the other world in this book is called the realm.
1: Oh, And
0: elves rule the (laughs) realm. And that's as far as I got, because I assume this is a series. Also, Lucifer is a character. Moving on. (laughs) As you know, vampires aren't the only characters capable of wreaking havoc in the human world. Something is drawing demons to the brink, which is the word for... The Earth. human world, yeah. yeah. In record numbers. If the two are working together, there will be hell to pay. The elves are calling in Lucifer for a <laughs> chat. Oh, I gave it away. You did. But we can't wait to step in. The elves and the underworld forget how quickly things move in the brink. It'll be overrun if we don't act. I just... I, I will get to the plot soon. But, like, can it's you very, appreciate... a very, very bibliophile Even context unseen like
1: i did a real good job
0: you did this one's a good one have i don't even know who this person is i never saw this person in, <laughs> in context have coal ready too. we might need a where yeti to cut a path where yeti a where yeti the... <laughs> hold on we might need a where yeti to cut a path to the portal it's gotta be a portal
1: there's gotta be a portal
0: there's multiple portals yes sir follows that okay now it's in a battle the main character's name is charity you do need to know that for this quote okay a claw raked her arm charity spun and punched the creature too close for her to maneuver the sword her magic exploded on impact the creature's head sailed 10 feet further than its body
1: the phrase her magic exploded on impact could also be used in a bibliophile book sex scene hell yes yeah um is this book written in third person or first person
0: third person
1: that makes the like holy crap she was freaking gorgeous even weirder when it's third person
0: it was about a fourth person if that makes sense like the third person to the the character all right so i have another quote but it it, it, this is a quote that needs the plot which is is unusual so there are our two main characters a shifter whose name is either Dylan or Devin. Devin. They introduced Dylan and Devin at the same time. Oh, That's not okay. fair.
1: I thought I thought that the author was unclear. No. As, no, the author. Or was, Lee was the author was clear.
0: I was not, because then you get to he and whatever. Yeah. So Devin is the shifter. He turns into a wolf. He's a werewolf. But our main character who <laughs> Does not know her her magical secret is charity. Okay. Which like okay. I suppose people are named charity mm. and everything, but like we couldn't think of a more magical name than charity. Yeah. Charity is a student at a university in California in LA. We are led to believe it is probably UCLA. She is from the wrong side of the tracks in Chicago. She is a poor kid from Chicago, from a broken home. And she's gotten there on scholarship and chutzpah and moxie. And now she is experiencing the world through her rich friend, Sam, short for Samantha, who is L.A. rich, born and bred, and is always standing in a way that pouts out her breasts and hips.
1: Mm, That sounds very uncomfortable.
0: And it's like... That happens a lot in this book that no matter how someone stands, it is somehow sexy. And it's like... I'm trying
1: to figure out a posture where you can be thrusting both your hips and your boobs forward.
0: I would say hips to the side, boobs forward. Yeah. And none of them in real life look... I gotta say, I'm enjoying it. But (laughs) uh, none of them in real life would look natural. Everyone's cleavage is pouring forward if they're trying. But... To this author's credit, they're always trying, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's always it's always labeled as an effort. Yeah. Like they're doing this. This is not just the way they are. Yeah. Which, to a certain extent, even if yeah, I don't that's understand, an important distinction. Yeah. Even yeah. If, even if I don't understand literally how that effort works, mm-hmm. at least we acknowledge that that is a thing that people do on purpose.
1: Yeah.
0: Anywho, sir, to run through it mildly, quickly. Uh, Sam gets invited to a party with another lady and the other lady drops out due to food poisoning or something. And so Charity is allowed to attend. It's a very exclusive party, would you know? And since Samantha is very rich, she knows that these sorts of things are very exclusive. It's very nose in the air. Mm -hmm. And written as such, which I will give her credit, that Charity, I'll come back to this a little bit, but is a legitimately, I wouldn't say well-written, But is a legitimately credibly written poor person in that, like, she does not understand several of the pieces, several of her anxieties match up with poor people. We're going to skip ahead to explain that in that they go grocery shopping in the future with, with Devin and Devin does not have a cost sort of like ceiling and she gets legitimately anxious about yeah. it. Like this is too much money to be spending. I yeah. do not understand this much money and not to like, I don't know how numbers work, but like I'm nervous yeah. with this many numbers yeah. and it's, and it's like good. Like yeah. I don't know how this is ah, right. Yeah. Which is great. Like, to a certain extent, that's how legitimately poor people, people who have been raised poor. Yeah. How their brains work. Like, they, they, fuck.
1: Even, like, to to, get, to give an example that's not, like, extreme of, like, poverty and, and extreme wealth. But, like, we were out to dinner with one of your brothers once. And they, like, they are comfortable spending way more money on dinner than we are And so we got, like, kind of weird about ordering a bottle of wine at dinner because we, like, that's just not in our wheelhouse. Is that what you're kind of getting at? Like, that concept of, like, I'm just, like, it's not in my realm of normal to spend this much money.
0: Well, not even, not in my realm of normal, but, like, this isn't what people do because every person I've ever spoken to doesn't do this. Yeah. Which, which is very, very true. So... She is at college due to moxie and chutzpah, like I've said, and she has a rich roommate. And this rich roommate gets an invitation to a party. And it's written by hand, or at least printed with a handwritten font, which the rich roommate says, which is pretty funny. Samantha, the rich roommate who could not stand to live in the dorms, so her daddy buys her a rundown house to teach her about... Uh, run down in this basically instead of making her live in the dorms because that's too far. <laughs> so they go to this party and charity, the main character has to borrow a dress, does not borrow makeup, does not shower before going to the party. And that I feel goes a little far. Uh, does not borrow jewelry, just goes in the dress or whatever. And they run into Devin and his wolf crew. They don't know it's wolf crew, but his bad boy crew at the bottom of a hill up until this, this exclusive private house uh, to this party. And Charity looks at the the bad boy and says like, I'm not into it. He took too much time on his hair. Like it's meant to look messy, but it's made up. And so to another, like Sam goes, oh, we shouldn't mess with these guys. They like, they're in a, like a gang or something, which we later learn is like a shifter pack. But I do appreciate this. Charity is like, I live in I lived in like South Side, goddamn Chicago. Like this is not what a gang yeah. is. Like I did legit <laughs> appreciate her looking at these pretty boys in L. A. and be like, fuck no, you're not in a goddamn gang. Yeah. Several times it comes up like. Yeah, crime was rampant in my neighborhood, but everyone just made do. Nobody stole because if you stole, you were stealing drugs. And if you stole drugs from somebody, you got murdered. And so it's like, no, you don't do that. And I appreciated it. Unfortunately, that sort of social kind of awareness was used to explain why charity knows martial arts,
1: which is not
0: super true to life. You know, whatever. Anyway, continuing on with the, the direct plot. It turns out this party that Samantha, Sam, and Charity have been invited to is a changing party. And the reason that Samantha has been invited to a changing party is because Samantha's dad is some sort of rich businessman. And Vlad, who have I mentioned, is the the main vampire in the story. Wants to change her so that she can somehow use her dad to give resources to vampires or whatever. And... People who have read these sorts of books before can tell what is going on. And to a certain extent, it is within a reasonable doubt of the characters, if that makes sense, to not know what's going on. Like, everyone who's read a book like this knows what's going on. But the characters have a certain sort of uh, uh, deniable amount of knowledge about what's going on. So charity does not drink her father her estranged father was an alcoholic and her mother has left she raised herself since like 16 and so she does not drink and they show up to this party and sam immediately goes to like the punch bowl and there's Oh my God, all the people here are so attractive. But it must be LA models. They must have hired somebody, right? Mm. And so everyone's drinking. Everyone who's not the most attractive is drinking the punch. And everyone who is the most attractive is not. And it's the punch to make you pliable towards vampire changing or whatever.
1: But charity doesn't drink. But
0: charity doesn't drink. And would you believe it? The most handsome man that has ever existed fastens his eyes upon her. And she feels compelled to have to drink this thing, but she she breaks it at the last moment. She walks away.
1: Good for you, girl. Good you got her. this. No shit. Good for her. Yeah.
0: Like, don't be pressured. <coughs> and legit, there is a th- a theme of like, you don't fucking get to tell me what to do. Yeah. You I don't like get that. to pressure me what to do. And this is to either side, and we'll get to the other side. But she walks out of the party, and this is where it gets weird. She's a wise Chicago lady. That doesn't take shit and knows her, like, feels the danger around her and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. She walks outside the party of this private house, and falls asleep on a tree.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably not.
0: It's like a streetwise, danger-conscious lady does Who not lay down. Who hasn't been drinking. Does not lay down and just sort of zone out and fall asleep, but... She wakes up and she goes to walk back into the party worrying about her friend and worrying about her ride home. She does not have a car. And would you believe it? There's a guy there like, you must have changed. And she doesn't know what she is talking about. It's a member of Devin's pack. He's worried that she has changed into a vampire because werewolves and vampires, would you believe it, are enemies. They are there to kill all the new vampires and to chase away the old ones blah 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 charity finds out that there are vampires they switch into swamp mode which are like black gums and dripping fangs and like uh there's so many gross flaccid penises just flopping around because there is kind of a little bit of a fun sexual element like explicit sexual element that twilight didn't have about like when we change like vampires are a sexual mythology You fuck when you change people into vampires, yeah. and then you just got to accept it. And so there's that, but also now they're out of their human form and into their gross monster form. And so it's flaccid, gross penises, and, and big old floppy 9,000 year old boobs, right? Or whatever. Okay. And so she escapes from the house and the wolves and the everything, and she gets brought into the realm the magical realm and she has introduced the conflict and she escapes this house she does not know how by punching people way too fucking hard like sending vampires flying and when a vampire comes to bite her she makes light and the vampires kind of burn and run away and here we are so now charity is in the midst of this werewolf pack led by devon who she thought was the made-up bad boy, like not a real bad boy. And there is a legitimate in the subtext theme of like, I didn't like you, and I'm not especially sure you're my type, but at the same time, we're always working, and so maybe this does work. But in the not subtext, it's just very... Just gonna stand there and watch Um, me burn. Yeah. I don't care because I like the way it hurts. That they're always fucking furious at each other and making fun of each other and they get into legitimate like fist fights with each other Mm. because they both express their energy and their worry with physical violence. You don't love that. And Devin is the alpha of the wolf crew and so he expresses dominance at all times around the wolves. And so she kind of loves the dominance thing he's throwing off. But at the same time, she loves to not be dominated by the dominance thing he's throwing off. And here comes the biggest conflict for me with this book. Is that I get sub versus dom and dom versus sub as a thing that makes people hard. Okay. But that's not how it works in life. Like mm-hmm. in the bedroom, sure. I'm not going to yuck your yum to a consentable degree, yeah. right? But when you're in the fucking grocery store yeah. and it's like he's trying to dominate you not to buy the whatever, that's like, I'm I'm buying groceries. Yeah. Like back off, that's for Saturday night, yeah. whatever, right? And it's everywhere in this book.
1: That's icky. Okay,
0: so I, I've taken too long on this part. Devin and and charity, he calls her chastity to get under her skin because they're always bugging each other in order to bone. They bone like twice in this book, but they're always bugging each other, and that's how they get hard or whatever, and that's gross. <sighs> They're in the wolf pack, and there's a wolf pack around them, and they're, I assume, reoccurring characters. <laughs> the rest of the wolf pack, because they're vaguely underdeveloped, but present. And then a new wolf member gets added, Yasmeen, <gasps> as in Galinor, who is it's the- It's
1: a crossover event.
0: I, just, I cannot help but assume that it is some sort of shout-out. Yeah. Because so much of this is- otherwise. It has
1: to be inspired, yeah.
0: There's politics in the the realm about what's happening in the brink, and that is so otherworldly. That Yasmin is the new werewolf, and she is just, would you believe it, the sexiest person who's ever existed. It's one of those books about everybody is the sexiest person. Yeah. And anyway, the elder vampire, Vlad, wants charity for something and we don't know what but we all know what she's special genetically because oh, everything course. is genetics because urban fantasy is about eugenics and so the vampire vlad wants to seduce her and she is able to resist it and there's some amount of fun sort of she was crushing on a boy who got turned into a vampire and vampire's whole thing is sex and so said she already wanted to fuck this vampire she's easily seduced Whatever. It, it
1: keeps going. And then there's a battle. Uh, <laughs> That's what I love about these books is that there's so... Whoop, sorry, Finn. There's vi- There's, there's Finn. so much to talk about that you can be like, and then there's a battle, but it like doesn't even matter because all this other stuff is way more fun to talk about.
0: At one point, uh, <coughs> she has excellent aim with a gun as well as being uh, practiced with a sword and martial arts. Uh, she's a woman of many talents she's a woman of many talents I one time took a note that is just literally centaur cop centaur cop centaur cop there is a centaur who is a cop does he have nunchucks? no unfortunately (laughs) he is his own (laughs) central park patrol oh he's his own horse he's his own horse cop he works for the elves he's a centaur cop Lucifer is a character we never see him uh Charity gets a sword. Charity gets two swords. She gets one right before a battle and she gets awarded one at the end in the Denouement, uh, which is never developed on. There is probably another charity book. Um, Someone says, after the Denouement, (coughs) to Charity, welcome to magic. (coughs) We have the coolest stuff. And the most powerful seer in the universe is named Karen. Karen! Um, And so this book overall is hilarious and fun and bibliovile as on get out, but I can't summarize it because it's just like it's it just is bibliovile, you know?
1: That's like that's how I feel about Otherworld. I have a hard time summarizing Otherworld because so much
0: happened. Basically it surrounds on the vampire wants to con- conquer the lady. Yeah. There goes Finn barking. <laughs> and then they try to break the the protections over a house there's a specific word, Seals or something like that. They can't. Then two chapters later they do. And there's a big battle. There's a demon that's uh, covered in insects which is gross. Then there's a demon covered in fire which is gross. It's a whole thing. I didn't even get to Roger the barrel chested wolf alpha.
1: I thought what's his bucket it was Devin. alpha.
0: Devin is <laughs> that is brought up. I will give it credit for this. That for clarity's sake every like sub alpha in the moment is called the alpha right? So if I'm like sub alpha of Wolf Pack Group B, then I'm in the alpha, and then Wolf Pack Group Omega that I'm included in, there's oh. an alpha to that group. Oh. And then like Wolf Pack Northwest Region is alpha to a different guy. If that makes Got sense. Got it.
1: Anywho. I bet there... their conferences are really complicated.
0: Yeah. They just go around in circles. And then they fall asleep. <laughs> um, so it it all plays out how you think they don't want to fuck, and then they turn out that they go grocery shopping and they want to fuck, and then they fuck, and it's all it's good. And the writing is not the best of the screwing, but it, it's not gross, which is that's There, Finn is having trouble. <laughs> he wants a ball.
1: He got stuck between the the couch and the chair. So yeah,
0: Finn wanted a ball. He couldn't get. Um, so it's, it's all good. But the thing that this made me think of most is that season two, bibliaval a thing we were supposed to not be callbacky towards, but I couldn't help myself on. I want a project. Okay. And I want the project to be this. I want to write a book. With you, okay, and I want this book to be the most bibliovile book there is. So it's got to be
1: urban fantasy.
0: Here's the thing, I've been thinking about it, and I think I found a more bibliovile book than urban fantasy. Is it
1: futuristic romance?
0: It is sort of futuristic fantasy or er, romance. I want it to be sci-fi urban fantasy. I want werewolves in space.
1: Werewolves in
0: space. I want werewolves and vampires and fae in space. We are already at 56, but goddammit, they've waited till Mars. They'll wait for a full episode, the full thing.
1: I bet by this point, Jake Parrington will have caught up to where we were like a year and a half ago.
0: Yeah, no, probably not. He's got baby on the way. (laughs) What I want to do, you and me, this is how I made a board game that I'm kind of proud of and an RPG I'm very proud of is to take the time to analyze what do we like about these things? What what do we want to bring out? Mm. Right? And so the thing I love most of all about bibliophile books is in all caps holy shit yes.
1: Yeah. Um. Chaos. It's the chaos. I like the chaos.
0: Chaos. And the,
1: the unnecessary capital letters.
0: Ooh. Unnecessary capital letters. I should have typed this out instead of writing it. I think that this can be summed up in a lot of ways through nunchucks.
1: Yep, and councils.
0: Councils. You gotta have councils. You gotta have a council.
1: Finn. Finn would like for there to be a ball.
0: (laughs) Finn would, but he's not writing this. (laughs) In addition to stuff that we love, what is stuff that is like required?
1: Ridiculous names coupled with very commonplace names.
0: Oh, oh, I love it. Um, Big character names. mm -hmm. Coupled with Mm -hmm. normal, boring place
1: names. At least one of the characters has to own their own slightly strange small business. Nice. Has to be like a bar or an antique shop. Or
0: very nice
1: selling weird jewelry.
0: It's gotta have the asexual friend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Gotta have a love triangle. Gotta. And that love triangle almost always has to be antagonist protagonist, right? Mm-hmm. All right, now I don't want this to get only otherworldy, which is the most believable. But it's gotta go beyond that. Okay, folks, gotta die folks don't gotta die hypnotism seems to come up a lot they were
1: ghosts the whole time
0: ghosts gotta be ghosts gotta have a twist
1: um yeah there's gotta be a twist there's gotta be like a secret twin sister that someone didn't secret know they had. Relatives. Yeah, there has to be a secret relative or like a grandparent you thought was dead that becomes a major character or, in the second yeah, book.
0: Just forgetting about a yeah. pirates.
1: Yeah, there's got to be pirates. I'm
0: putting a exclamation then a question mark as opposed <laughs> to the other way around. It's an anti bang. out bang. <laughs> All right, can we think of? anything it's gotta have oh it's gotta break the rules
1: it needs to be set in the pacific northwest god or in appalachia
0: gotta start in the pacific northwest
1: there has to be a portal
0: gotta be a portal
1: i mean these are really the key elements in any any successful literature
0: any successful literature has to have a portal just ask marvel
1: gotta have a portal that's one thing about bad books you gotta know that's you gotta know it's gotta have a side
0: character that could have its own book that doesn't
1: hmm if it's a a series you have to run into characters that were main characters in previous books
0: revive characters nice Mm -hmm. oh 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 title case
1: Oh, yes, for sure. That's kind of what I meant by unnecessary capital letters. Shit. Hmm.
0: I feel like we're, we are missing the grounded nature of many bibliophile books. Now, I don't know what this means, but it's always almost summed up with coffee. You know, like they always come back to coffee in some way. It's got to have like a hearth.
1: Okay. I was thinking that our main female character needs to be clumsy. Well,
0: there you go. Female equals clumsy. Yeah. Male equals...
1: I mean, for sure muscular. Muscular. Gotta have the big muscles. And you gotta have a sword.
0: You gotta have a sword. Even
1: if you're a vampire and a werewolf in space, you gotta have a sword. Gotta have a sword.
0: I want this to be in space. Yeah. All right. So there's our our tropes that we gotta include Kay. now. I have some rules, and I think this is gonna make it oh, fun. No. That you and I are gonna alternate chapters. Okay. Okay. And there are some rules about how we alternate chapters. When okay. one chapter finishes, we draw a card from a pack of fifty-two. If it is a heart, we change characters. Now this could be. The male and female protagonists. It could be on to other people. Whatever we change characters if it is a heart. If it is a diamond, we ch- we introduce. We do not change perspective, but the next chapter brings in a new what I'm going to call NPC, not one of okay. the main characters. Okay, like a Bone Bonecrusher. Okay, for example. Um, if there is a spade, we go back to base. And if there is a club, we bring back a returning NPC.
1: Okay. This can be
0: antagonist or, like, helpful NPC, whatever, okay. right?
1: Okay. Okay,
0: so there are the four suits. Now, if it is a an above a five, that change has to accelerate the action. If it is beneath the five, that change decelerates the action. Okay. Okay.
1: So that's where we get, like... In the middle of an action sequence, they're just going to, like, stop for tea.
0: Yeah, like we change people yeah. and the, the thing decelerates. Okay. If we pull a diamond, which is new NPC beneath a five, a person comes in and is like, hey, what's up? And we bring that Come action tooth, to a halt. halt. Yes. I love it. I love it, too. And I want in future episodes, because we're back, baby. We are. I love it. In future episodes, I want to bring it up to date, not to tell everything.
1: But, but to give some updates. To give some
0: updates. Okay. Yes. And I want this to be a sci-fi urban romance. You're on. I have, I spilled bourbon directly onto my hand. Well, you surprised me with a handshake. And so I spilled right before we shook hands. Anyway, we are on, and it is on, and that is what we're. It dries very fast. It's alcohol. It's gone now off of your hand. Feed it to Finn. He'll to get drunk. All right. Anyway, I didn't know we were recording Bibliovile tonight, so I had a couple before we started, in case you didn't notice.
1: So this has been Bibliovile, and I have been Susan Dickinson. I've been Mick Dickinson. My Twitter handle is Dicky Ma. Mine is at Susan J. That's S with three U's, S-A-N-J. The intro music for our podcast is Babe of the Night by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. I
0: am legitimately impressed. I'm
1: amazing.
0: You are amazing. Click through our season one. Apparently we're going to continue (laughs) calling it. click, 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 click.
1: I'm clicking through Season 1.
0: Oh, okay, good. So click through what we might call Season 1 to understand half of the <laughs> things we talked about tonight because this is the worst launch of Season 2. But, and I am not joking about this. I am both telling the listener and Susan, I want Season 2 to be focused on the development of a bibliophile novel. I want, by the end of Season 2, to come out with at least 150 pages of Bibliophile Novel.
1: Let's do it, baby.
0: Baby. I'm talking urban romance, fantasy, futuristic, sci-fi. Space, space baby. Space opera. Baby. I love you, Matt and Charles and Matt and Michelle and the German person.